Uh, you're listening to RTHK Radio 3 and I am Carolyn Wright hosting the 123 show looking after things for Noreen Mir today. Uh, just after the news there I played classic from Ash, Girl from Mars and then a new remix of New Order's song Be a Rebel which came out on a double 12 inch if you're keen on those kind of things. Now it's about that time of the week where Chrisanne McCalligan joins us for her regular audio column. Hi Chrisanne, you there? Hello, Carolyn. I am indeed. How are you doing? I am very well, thank you. And I am most intrigued to find out that you turned to me just very sort of mysteriously. Yes, this week we're going to talk about lemons. So let's talk about lemons. We're going to talk about lemons. I thought I'd come up with something that was a bit fresh and zesty. Ooh. To get everyone through the, see that. I've got, a lot of, I've got a lot of puns. And I've got a lot of lemons. I have become, I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's living in a pandemic where you just, you know, you do take those little steps to try and preserve and protect your health, right? You know, yeah. when you think about immunity and a lot of the time when we think about immunity, we fall back on things like, oh, you've got to have some hot water with lemon, especially oh, yes. here in Hong Kong. Right? Very Asia, much so. Right? Hot water and lemon. Yeah, all yeah, the time. So I think I have, and I, I just, I just love lemons. I have piles <laughs> of them in my house. And one of the best purchases I ever made was one of those hardcore big lemon squeezers that you have a lemon and then it just literally disembowels the thing. So every drop of juice is into a cup or a recipe or whatever it is. Wow. Um, and I can't get enough of it. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> these are, you know, goals in life to have, to squeeze every yeah, last yeah, juice out of that jot. How are your lemons? <laughs> Yeah, there's a metaphor in there. There's Somewhere. definitely a metaphor in there, for sure. Every last drop. Um, but yes, but they, they're kind of fascinating in themselves. And I was thinking about a little bit about them and, and where they came from. And um, as I often do on my audio column, look back in time uh -huh. to the origins of lemons. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of interesting. So, um, oh, a little another little backstory. So um, it's funny the kind of, I don't know if you've ever had this phenomenon, but have you ever been just a bit just kind of run down and you come across the scent of fresh citrus and it does something to you. Like when you know you're deficient and you feel deficient, yeah. you know, you're, you're on the cusp of scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember this, I remember sitting next to somebody in a tutorial at university and I was sitting next to them in the room waiting for our, you know, like our tutor group to, to start. And I was, you know, a little worse from, for wear from very many late mm -hmm. nights and things like that is, you know, from university. Nice. And somebody sat next to me yeah. and they had, they brought out this orange and they sat next to me and they dug their fingernail into mm. this orange yeah. and they cracked it open. And I can tell you, it was like the world went into slow motion and I saw every single droplet of orange juice spark out of this, burst out of this fresh orange. And I thought... I'm going to eat that man's orange. I'm, I'm so desperate. And did you? The citrus. No, I didn't. I, I, I didn't. But I just remember it so vividly. And I was like, this is why you just have to reach for a bit of citric fruit every every day. Anyway, so um, we're going to talk about uh, lemons. Now, all citrus fruits themselves can trace their roots to the southeastern foothalls of the Himalayas. You mm. might say, how do we know that? And that would be a good question. Mm. According to DNA evidence. Okay. So, 
Yeah, so the first citrus trees appeared about 8 million years ago before spreading around the world. Um, and this is international scientists have kind of had a bit of consensus and agreed to this. So the trees eventually gave rise to the fruit on our kitchen tables with like oranges and bitter lemons and there's lots of different citruses. Um, citrus trees are the most widely cultivated fruit trees in the world but their history has so far been a little bit unclear and to get a better understanding of where they came from scientists in the US and Spain analyzed the genomes of over 50 varieties of citrus fruit from the Chinese Mandarin to the Sevilla orange and mm -hmm. the study which was published in Nature journal, one of probably the most famous scientific journal, found that modern citrus trees derive from several natural species found in a region that includes the eastern area of Assam in northern Myanmar and western Yunnan province, so at the bottom of the Himalayas. And of course, when the climate, apparently when the climate changed millions of years ago, mm -hmm. bringing weaker monsoons and drier weather, the plants were able to spread out in the Himalayas and throughout Southeast Asia. So that change in climate meant that they could kind of proliferate and spread around the world. Um, and there, that's where they, so they did spread around the, the world, including to Australia about 4 million years ago. But the analysis showed um, that our fruits today are, are not the same as the fruit that was growing in the years ago, of course. It's the result of millions of years of evolution, followed by thousands of years of human plant breeding. Because, um, of course, that's what we do. We come along and we find something that's working and we cultivate it and everything else. So what's super interesting is genetic maps of different citrus varieties found today can help scientists find out which fruits can like withstand pests or perhaps develop new citrus fruits and all of those sorts of things. You know, if you want desirable flavors, you want yep. disease resi resistance. Absolutely. There's like lots of things that we, we do with our with our fruits today. Um, but of course, it, it, we do take for granted like how accessible it is to go to a supermarket or a market and pick up some lemons or some oranges or whatever it is. And they have a very complicated history of, of migration, crossbreeding, mm. swapping DNA between different populations of citrus fruits. Um, so it's kind of fascinating. Um, we, don't, the, we don't have many fossil records of citrus fruits. It's quite a poor fossil record. Although we do have a fossil citrus leaf found in southwestern China, dating to about 8 million years ago, which supports the data that we have from the genetic studies, which supports this idea that it kind of spread when the seasons change, when the weather changed, the climate changed about 8 million years ago. So it is super interesting. Um, of course, we go from, if we go from Asia to where they've been in other places, we know that lemons were introduced to southern Italy around 200 AD and have been cultivated in Egypt and Iran since 700 AD. So, um, of course, we then have uh, Arab populations spreading lemons throughout the Mediterranean area during the second century. Um, and then we have um, Christopher Columbus, who obviously crops up all the time. Someone who was just, you know, just a bit of a busybody, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> he got around um, a bit, didn't he? he <laughs> He got around. He really got around. Well, he took, um, he took, when he left Europe for the New World in 1492, he brought lemon seeds with him. Um, so he brought lemon seeds with him yeah. to the New World. Um, and then these seeds were planted in Hispaniola in 14, um, in 1493. Mm -hmm. And Spaniard explorers and missionaries planted lemons along with other fruits in Florida and California, which, of course, are places that are very famous for lemons today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
that's we do associate that kind of sunshine i mean i don't I've never spent any time in the place that I'm describing right now, but that kind of sunshine coast idea. Yeah. So it's sort <laughs> well, of similar environment, isn't it? It the makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, so it was that kind of like sunshine coast thing. Um, but, but unfortunately, this is the thing about how climate can really affect the way that we grow and um, that we grow uh, different different things um in the florida lemons suffered a huge setback when a massive freeze destroyed crops in 1886 so it got too cold for them um and that became obviously a big problem yeah so um that was a big problem and then they didn't attempt to to have them again until the 1950s wow so it took a bit of time so if you think about that's quite a long time that is yeah yeah to the 1950s um and then commercial lemon crops. Um, so then commercial lemon crops became quite important. Um, what was interesting is, as I mentioned at the top of the program, one thing that we do associate with a lack of vitamin C is scurvy, which is a was a is a disease caused by lack of vitamin C. Yeah, and, and I, I always, think. I, um, yeah, go on. Oh no, no. I was going to say, ahead, I'd, I'd heard that vitamin, no, no, I wasn't going to say about scurvy. I was going to say that I think I'd read the, it was, oh no, it wasn't, it wasn't COVID. I think that's vitamin D. It's me getting my vitamins mixed up, but I'm sure <laughs> vitamin C is good for something else as well. <laughs> anyway, carry on on scurvy. Oh. oh, we'll talk about it in a bit. I've got some facts about how good lemon juice is for us. Oh. Um, anyway, so, um. So it was it was very common. Scurvy was particularly famous in common with sailors and pirates yeah. because they'd be without fruit and vegetables for months at a time while they're out on the open seas, which is obviously very hard to find yourself a mandarin. <laughs> um, and it was actually originally a physician in the British Royal Navy who proved that scurvy could be treated and prevented with citrus fruits. Yeah. After this discovery, all all British ships were stocked with a supply of citrus fruit, um, and so which is also super interesting. Now, during the California gold rush, miners' diets were also really poor, mm-hmm. and food was scarce, and scurvy was on the rise. Mm-hmm. So additional lemon trees were planted in California to prevent the disease there yeah. as well. So it's kind of interesting, scurvy. It, it's something that's kind of quite common to us. It's not seen in most animals because they're actually capable of making their own vitamin C. So humans mm-hmm. and primates, we have to rely on foods that we eat to prevent a deficiency in vitamin C, which yeah. is kind of, um, you know what I mean? Just kind of one of those things. Yeah. yeah. We're just like, our evolution has some kinks. Has <laughs> yeah, kinks. We, we failed um, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, there's other things that people have used. There's other things that people have used lemons for. Yeah. Um, during the reign of uh, King Louis the. 15th of France, mm. ladies used to use lemons to redden their lips. Really? It's quite like one of those like old school beauty hacks. Yeah, I guess so. Just kind of like plump them up a bit, suck on a lemon, see if you get your lips feeling a bit tingly. And, we'll have to give it a go. Um, something like that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, um, but yes, also the, the lemon tree itself is quite an interesting concept. I know quite a few people who tried to grow lemon trees successfully, mm. but a lemon tree can grow for 150 years, Caroline. Can you imagine? That's quite a long time. That is quite a long time. But then I think trees have a tendency to outlive us useless humans. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's true. We're not, yeah, they're, not, they're not doing that much. It's every season. Um, at first, lemons were not widely cultivated as food. It was largely an 
ornamental plant um, similar to tomatoes until about the 10th century Um, and Arabs introduced the lemon into Spain in the 11th century Um, and by 1150 that's where the lemon was cultivated widely throughout the Mediterranean yeah Um, um, so it's kind of interesting so it has it kind of has definitely moved around the world Um, etymologically in terms of the word itself the name lemon l-e-m-o-n yeah um first appeared around 1350 to 1400 from the middle english word limon limon is an old french word indicating that lemon entered england via france Mm -hmm. and the old french derives from the italian limon which dates back to the arabic lemon or limon from the persian word limon so we can kind of trace the path of the lemon through the etymology of the word which is also brilliantly interesting oh yeah i think all Um, that sort of origin of language is fascinating and it's very clever isn't it that that's traces its root yeah absolutely yeah so it's kind of like it's kind of um it's kind of one of those um really really fascinating things now of course how we cultivate lemon so there's we have about 200 or so different varieties of lemon in the u.s alone which is kind of mind-blowing. Um, mm. There's lots of more that are more acidic, more rough, more sweet. They have like a variety and a scope of different different qualities and within them. Um, and when when they're hand-picked, because they can't be machine-harvested, which makes them feel like this quite exotic thing, a lemon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can't just you know, run a combine harvester through an orchard. Some hand has to pluck the lemon from the tree. Um, and then they're sorted, coloured by colour, they're washed, they're coated with a fungicide, all of these different things. Mm. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Um, and not, So we talk a little bit about the health benefits of lemon, as you mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few. So they're a very, very, like one thing we all associate with lemon is the, that the, they are a really strong source of vitamin C. Yeah. Um, one lemon provides about 31 um, milligrams of vitamins, micrograms of vitamin C, which is about 51% of your reference daily intake. Um, and it has, research has shown that eating fruits and vegetables rich in vitamin C can reduce your risk of heart disease and stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really interesting. And they've also found that it's not just the lemon juice and the vitamin C that's good for your heart in a lemon. The fiber and plant compounds in lemon can also significantly lower some risk factors for heart disease. So it's all like mm. all good stuff. Um, we've also seen in some other um, some other research that lemon can could, it may, it may prevent kidney stones. Um, so kidney stones are those small lumps that form when waste products crystallize and build up in your kidneys. Mm-hmm. And they're quite common. And people who get them often get them repeatedly and they're very painful. But citric acid may help prevent kidney stones by increasing urine volume and increasing urine pH, creating a less favorable environment for kidney stone formation. So this is one of the reasons people who have had some issues with kidney stones in the past may benefit from having some, I'm not giving out medical advice, obviously, they may benefit from <laughs> having some more lemon in their diet as well um they've also of course one thing that we often forget is um that vitamin c is important because it goes hand in hand with iron if you remember like home ec and nutrition classes <laughs> from school um so iron you were very so, carefully like, listening <laughs> i was actually i was um so iron deficiency anemia is quite common which occurs when you don't get enough iron from the foods you eat lemons contain some iron which i didn't know but they primarily prevent anemia by improving your absorption of iron from plant foods so your gut 
absorbs iron from meat, chicken and fish quite easily, while iron from plant sources is not as easy. And of course, other foods rich in iron would be like green leafy vegetables and things like that. And you can improve that absorption by consuming vitamin C and citric acid alongside those foods, which means that you can get as much iron as possible from your diet which makes me feel good about squeezing lemon juice onto absolutely everything I eat. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of things. So the bottom line with lemons is basically that they, um, they contain a lot of vitamin C, soluble fiber, good plant compounds, and they have a number of health benefits. And they're also delicious in the many different ways that we're able to eat them and enjoy them. So, um, yeah, so... The, the other thing I want to talk about just before we go today is I usually have a quote at the end of my audio column, but today I don't. Today I have the origins of a quote, which I thought was kind of interesting. It combines some of the things I'm most fascinated about. Okay. Um, which is the phrase, the phrase, now when we think about lemons and lemonade, what phrasing comes to mind? Oh, gosh, yes. So there is the phrase, isn't there? Something about life giving you lemons. Yes. Okay. Yes, so Exactly the one. Okay, that's the one. So it's that phrase about like, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade or thereabouts. Like, you know, there's a hundred different varieties of it, including like, if life gives you lemons, squeeze them in someone's eye. If life gives you lemonade, don't try to make lemons. Like people have just coined all of their own spin-offs from that phrase. Right. Now, um, I I wanted to look into the origins of this, um, the the original about like, you know, lemons and lemonade. Yeah. Um, Apparently, it's a little bit contentious but apparently the phrase was initially coined by a christian anarchist writer called albert <laughs> hubbard in 1915 okay and it appeared in an obituary that he penned and published about a friend of his uh-huh. who was an actor with dwarfism called marshall pinkney wilder now this is fascinating for me i have a daughter who has dwarfism and i'm always excited to see people with dwarfism throughout history and how they have been a part of our history and contributed yeah. to the things we know and love um so interestingly in this obituary written for this actor who had dwarfism and um, the obituary was called the king of Jester. And now this was in 1915, so I'm going to go ahead and say that when I read this extract to you, there is a little bit of ableism in there. But ultimately, he praised the actor's optimistic attitude and achievements in the face of his disabilities. And this was the obituary. Uh It said he was a walking refutation of that dogmatic statement, mensana in corporeo sano. He was in a sound mind in an unsound body. He proved the eternal paradox of things. He cashed in on his disabilities. He picked up the lemons that fate had sent him and started a lemonade stand. And that's where the phrase came from. Wow. Well, who knew until yeah, so now? I, who knew? <laughs> so it's, I, I've always thought that was quite, I think that's quite fascinating too. So I was particularly happy to find that Easter egg of history there around that very famous phrase. I think that's very lovely. What a nice way to wrap things up. Yes. <laughs> well, fantastic. Oh, yes, lemons. Lemons. Who knew how useful they were in their interesting history? Thank you very much, Cruz. You're very welcome. Thank All right. you. All I'm, right. I'm guessing you'll be back next week uh, with more exciting stuff to talk about. I hope so. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, thanks a lot for joining us today. I've got one last song before I have to go. Um, It's this one that's going to get stuck in your head. It's audiobooks with La La La, It's the Good Life.